collect them at the end of the service. And if you're on the app, you can just hit submit. And so uh, we're just going to dive right into our passage for the message this morning. I'm thrilled to be sharing with you today our lead pastor, Phil Trollian. He's away for the next few weeks on a much-needed vacation. So uh, for the next few Sundays, you'll get to hear from one of the staff pastors here at the church. And so today for the message that, um, that I just feel drawn to, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's from a passage that I've actually referenced a number of times in previous sermons, typically when just giving an example of like verses that people tend to just kind of strip out of context and kind of miss what Jesus was saying. And today I just feel that, you know, this is a, a passage that the Lord just continues to draw me to, especially in this, uh, in this time and cultural moment that, that we live in. And I think it's just a, a message that continues to, to challenge us and, and poke at us. And so I just feel led to to unpack that a little bit more this, this morning. Um, and so it, this is a passage that's just taken from one of the many moments where Jesus is uh, just messing with religious people, where he's like really just poking at the heart, you know? Like Jesus tends to do that. Uh, for people who have never read the Bible, I think that they would be quite surprised to, to find that Jesus' greatest opposition at times was not necessarily just people outside of faith, but, but people within faith. That this is one of those moments in this passage where he is just messing with hyper-religious folks, people who take their religious faith very, very seriously. And so we're going to look at a verse I believe is one of the most popular verses that's quoted in our culture. But uh, before we do that, um, I just want you to just think of somebody right now, someone that just comes to mind that, that, that currently just gets under your skin, like someone who uh, just irritates you, you know, like someone that, that, that is bothering you right now in this moment. Um, you're like, it's the person sitting next to me, actually. <laughs> you, know, but you don't have to nudge them or anything. No, I'm just kidding. But like <clears throat> somebody right now in your life, they're just hard for you. You know, it's like, it's just a burden, you know, like you just think of them, they come to mind and you see them. It's like they elicit some kind of emotion, you know, of just like, or it's just not so good feelings, right? You know, or somebody that you just, you see them on social media when they come across your feed, you're like, oh, mute, you know, <laughs> like, but like, Think about that for a moment. Think about that one person um, and just what exactly is it that they're doing or not doing that's irritating for you? Like, what is it about them that's bothering you in this moment? And, you know, I think everybody in this room would have somebody, at least one person. If you don't, maybe you're just super holy or something. I don't know. Or you're lying. I don't know. But, like, we all kind of have at least one person because here's the thing. What I'm describing here is a very human experience. Like, we have people in our lives that are very frustrating. We have difficult relationships. And the reason I bring this up is because the passage I want to look at here is one of the most known scriptures in culture, and it's found in Matthew 7, verse 1. And it just says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Okay, people who have never read the Bible really like this verse. Like, people who don't even, like, <laughs> so some people don't even know that this is, like, from the Bible, you know, and they quote this verse. And I think the reason why is because one of the highest values that you can have as a human today is to be an accepting, open, and tolerant kind of person. Like the worst thing that you can be accused of in our culture is to be someone who is judgmental. Would you agree with that? You know, like it's, it's, it's amazing to me because, you know, I don't think anyone would actually, like, hope to be more judgmental. There's no one, like, walking around thinking, like, here's one thing I'm working on, uh, you know, being a more judgmental person. I think that would be great. No, and then, like, for us, like, if you ever find yourself in a place where you feel like 
someone is just uh, examining or, or critiquing like your character, who you are, or maybe even just somebody who's complaining about a people group that you represent, like what's the fastest way to remove yourself from someone's examination of you? You say things like, well, who are you to judge me? Like, who do you think you are? Like, does anyone here like being judged? No, yeah, like, I hope not. Like, some, somebody's like, yeah, I wake up every morning and I'm like, judge me. Let's, <laughs> let's do this, right? No one thinks that, right? No, but here's the thing. If you do surveys of people that aren't maybe affiliated with faith or church and you ask them to kind of just describe like some of the number one characteristics of a faith or church-oriented type person, somewhere in the top five, usually the top two of every survey done over the last decade, most people would say that church people are judgmental people. I don't know if that's been your experience. I know that's been my experience at times. I'm just being real with you. Like, you know, there's, there are things that people will be accused of, and we find ourselves saying things like, oh, I don't know, that's not really fair. But then there's some things where you're like, nope, that, that's probably pretty accurate. And this is one of those things, unfortunately, that, that by and large, when you find people outside of faith, come across somebody who would say, I feel pretty confident about who God is and what faith is all about and what that looks like, unfortunately, that person will probably be viewed as judgmental, right? Like, I, I've, I've, I've experienced this at times where I've been in different social circles, like outside of church, and just had recently been connecting with a group of creatives, you know, in the city, and, you know, just working on some really cool projects together, and just during the meet and greet, everyone's getting to know each other, and at one point, somebody asked me, like, so Thomas, uh, so what do you do? I was like, oh, this is where it gets interesting. I, I'm actually a pastor. I work at a church. Oh. <laughs> and you can just see all of a sudden, it's like they kind of tense up, like, oh, interesting, you know? And it's like the person's like kind of thinking, okay, how many times did I cuss in front of this man? Um, you know? And it's just a funny thing. They're like, you know, and I've heard people say things, you know, in other settings, like, oh, we all got to be like on our best behavior now, right? And it's just like, it's a funny, it's a silly thing, but the reality is that's probably coming from somewhere, or an experience that they've had with someone. So anyways, how do we make sense of this? We read Jesus saying, do not judge, or you too, or, or you too will be judged. And it's a verse that people like to quote. And at the same time, you want to be completely tolerant and open and I just want to say that for all the talk of being open and accepting and non-judgmental in our culture today, I feel like the world that we live in, like right now, is just like massively contentious. You know, like people are like really just at each other's throats. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but some things have happened in the last couple of years. We've had pandemic and some political stuff that has went on, you know, the emotional temperature just getting cranked and some of the stuff that had always just been under the surface of people's hearts just kind of coming to light and it just got ugly and messy and people are just viciously attacking one another. And I find that some of the people that are trumpeting the theme of like be non-judgmental and open and tolerant are some of the very people that are super aggressive in relationship with one another. Like, don't you find that to be kind of problematic? You know, it was just like we want to live in this culture that's lifting non-judgmental behavior, and yet nobody seems to be behaving that way. And you hear people say things like very directly now, like not indirectly, but directly. Like in political conversations, people are like, all Republicans are evil, just terrible human beings, right? Or those progressive liberals, just satanic, vile human beings. 
and I know some of you are like, Thomas, one of those is right, you know, (laughs) but hear me out, like, this is the point I'm making, like, what in the world is going on, you say, do not judge, and be incredibly judgmental, and and frankly, this is just difficult psychologically, you know, like, just, just forget a moment the irony of saying something like, I only judge judgmental people, catch the irony in that, you know, like, I, you know, I'm only judging those who judge others. Like, doesn't that make you judge? Okay, forget the irony for a moment. Just practically, you have to judge in order to live, right? You have to exercise good judgment in life. Like, if I'm driving my car and I'm turning right on red, I have to judge the distance between the car and my turn. Like, can I actually do this? Like, you have to judge the trustworthiness of the people you relate to. Like, is this someone who's telling me the truth? Or if you're making a big purchase anywhere, if you're buying a car, like, you have to, like, judge. And, like, I don't know, like, is this guy really offering me the best deal in town? Should I be buying a car from this man? And I've had moments where I've just, like, walked away. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to trust my I, I don't think this is right, you know. And I've had friends be like, oh, dude, come on. Like, you just didn't like the way he was hustling. You didn't like his tone. I'm like, no, I'm not being judgmental. I think that's just using my brain, right? And so this, this becomes problematic when we consider the teachings of Jesus, because we can't take this one verse and just strip it out of the context of this passage of Scripture, nor can we strip it out of the context of his teaching overall. Because repeatedly, Jesus calls those who follow him to judge. Repeatedly, like he says things like, listen, if you want to know what someone is like, you look at the fruit of their life. You know, like, there's, like if, you, if you want to know a tree by, you'll know a tree by its fruit, he says. That you can simply just watch what people do. You don't just simply like listen to what they say they believe or what their intentions are. You don't just listen to what they say they're going to do. No, you watch what they do. He says very clearly in, in John chapter 7, he says, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. He says, evaluate, like, evaluate the fruit of someone's life to test the substance of their real character. Jesus looks at things at the heart all throughout the New Testament. He's always just calling stuff out and say, this is not good. This is damaging for you. This, continue to nurture that. Give life to this. You need to repent of that. Forgive this person. Remove this from your life. Abide in that. And so to take this verse out of context and just say, oh, well, it's just simply saying, don't judge. Just don't judge. It's to not pay attention to the whole of Jesus' life and his teaching, and more than that, even just in this chapter itself. And yet, at the same time, like, there's something to be said, like, when the people of God are just known for being jerky, self-righteous human beings. You know, because it's true that Jesus drew people who were on the edges of culture. He drew them onto himself. And so how do we parse this? I mean, How do we make sense of this? Because frankly, like, I just find that the younger someone is in America, the more confused and disoriented they are with this kind of conversation. Like, honestly, they're just like, I don't know. Like, am I allowed to judge? Like, I I feel like something's off here, but I don't want to come off as judgmental. But I also feel like I need to use my brain. But I don't want, you know, I don't know how to do this. And the older someone is in America, generally they look and they just go, now I just got to judge. Suck it up. (laughs) But like, there's something to that that can be confusing as well, that Jesus also confronts. There can be an arrogance to it or a self-righteousness. And so we need to look and ask, like, what exactly is Jesus doing here? So let me read you the passage, because there shouldn't be anybody in this room that's not rattled by this teaching, because 
Honestly, it just it shakes us to our core because it calls us to evaluate who we are in relationship to what's going on in the real world. So Jesus says it like this. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus is challenging us in this moment, asking a few questions as we think about what it is to judge rightly in the world around us. And so I just have the first question I just want us to consider, because I think it's one that Jesus asks is, how do you want to be judged? And the second is, why do we judge other people? Let's do the second one first. Like, why do we judge others? It makes us feel better about ourselves. It makes us feel good, right? Like, one way that I can feel better about my body or my health is that I can actually go to the gym and I can actually, like, work out. I can change my diet. You know, it takes time and and discipline and hard work. That's one way. Another way is I can just look around and just try to find someone who doesn't look like they're in as good a shape as me and be like, I think I'm okay. (laughs) I feel pretty good. Right? One way it takes a lot of hard work, dedication, discipline. The other just takes about 20 seconds. You know, like, and there's, there's ways that we do this, like, what makes us feel better. Like, we can almost form friendships and band together as we judge other people. You know, like, this can happen in different settings, like, you know, like the break room setting at work, you know, and you just meet the coworker and you're like, yo, I can't believe. Did you see what Johnny's doing? Like, he's messing everything up. You're like, I know, right? And you see what he's wearing? Yes, you get it. Oh my gosh, it's so weird, right? And you just like start like connecting. You're like, we have this connection and you're just banding together, forming friendships out of it. And some can make the case that this is what religious people can do. This is what the Pharisees would do is that they would just try to lower someone else and it would just make them feel taller. But the truth of the matter is, you don't get taller by lowering someone else. You're still the same height. You just feel taller. And Jesus is addressing this stuff and he's saying, this is sick and weird. And the way that he's addressing it, one of the ways that he reveals that is asking the question, how would you like to be judged? So how would you like to be judged? Let me tell you, for me, if you're to judge me in anything, Judge me as a, as a husband, as a parent, a pastor, how I spend my time, or money. Like, this is how I want you, this is how I want to be judged. In, in these moments, you're going to come at me with anything. I want you to take into account, like, the whole of my story. Like, I want you to take into account, like, my background, like, where I'm coming from, and the family I was raised in, and my, my strengths, my weaknesses, my temperament. I want you to consider, like, like how much have I slept in the last few days, you know, or like, just consider like how nice have people been to me this week before you manage how kind I've been to others, right? Like I want you to know, I want you to take into account everything you could take into account that you might not be quite so hard on me. Isn't that how you'd like to be judged? It's like you want people to know the whole story. Like how many of you, when someone comes at you with something, it's like a thousand defensive things flare up in that moment. And you just want to be like, no, 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 no. Here's, here's what you don't know. Like, the, like th- this is where I am now. Like, this is where I was before. But, like, you're not taking into account everything that I've gone through. You think I'm a jerk now. I was so much of a jerk back then. <laughs> like, 
You think I'm lazy today. Like, you should have met me in college, right? You want people to know the whole story. And Jesus is saying, in the same way, be very careful that when you start to move towards others, be thinking about the whole of what they have. Now, the key transition is in verse 5, because Jesus lays all this out, and then he says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye. So he's saying, like, when you're going to come at someone, you need to consider yourself first. Because here's, here's the uh, strange thing that psychologists have, have taught us, and it's actually found in the ancient wisdom of Jesus. But it's, it's often that usually the thing that irritates you about someone, the reason it irritates you is because it lives within you. Or it's something that you've struggled with in the past. And so when you, like, crash into somebody with this kind of story and this, this brokenness, it's sometimes like just seeing a mirror version of something within you that you don't really like. And so when you notice it in someone else, Jesus is saying, like, this is an opportunity for you to stop. Notice what's going on within you. Because what's crazy is that as this stuff messes with you, I mean, it's an opportunity to grow. You know, like far from it being that you would just assume that the whole world and everyone would just be perfect and behave the way that you do. Because if that were the case, you wouldn't have opportunity to grow. And so like Jesus is saying in these moments, whenever you come across a situation like this or someone mistreats you or irritates you, you can just pause and go, you know what? Like, I wonder if I've ever made anyone feel that way. I wonder if I've ever mistreated someone like that before. I wonder if I've ever, you know, said I was going to commit to something and then I didn't do it. I didn't follow through. I wonder if I ever canceled on someone at the last second and had a lame excuse. I wonder if I ever made an off-the-cuff comment in a group where I just thought I was being funny and it turned out it was actually really offensive to someone. I wonder if, like, you know, just like a moment to just to pause and to examine. And it's in these moments that Jesus is saying, go examine yourself. And because here's the, here's the crazy thing about our emotional and just psychological makeup is that we have the ability to forgive ourselves easily. You notice that? You know, it's like there's one person in this world you can give a free pass to where you're like, ah, it's cool, don't sweat it, to yourself. Like we do it constantly. Like this limitless grace, we come up with excuses. When we don't follow through, we just kind of drop the ball and we just say to ourselves like, well, I was tired and hungry and uh, it was raining outside, so whatever, right? But like, it's like limitless grace for yourself, but the ability to offer that to others is incredibly limited. And Jesus is saying If you can just slow down and notice it in yourself, here's what happens. You begin to see the person more clearly. Take the plank out of your own eye. You see things differently. You see people more clearly. So it's an opportunity to grow because, honestly, if we're hoping to see some change in the world, there's really only two ways that we can go about this. One way is just to simply try to control everyone and hoping that they just do what you need them to do to feel better about yourself, right? You can try to control it. If everyone just behave the way I need them to, like, I will feel better. Then things will be right. That's one way. <laughs> but turns out, like, you do have control over someone, and that's you. Because I don't know about you. I don't know if you've tried to control other people. It's tiring. Parents, you hear me? Like, it's exhausting. And Jesus is saying, like, it turns out there is one person you have control over, and that's you. And as he gives you grace to do that, it's amazing how you see the world differently. 
and you realize that no one can take away your peace, that no one can take your joy, no one can take away the grace that he offers you. And the minute that you try to stop controlling everyone else and live in peace, it changes the way that you interact with others, changes how you relate with them. For some of you, the sermon just ended right there. But he doesn't end right there. He says, first, take the plank out of your own eye. Now, whenever we read in Scripture something that says first, we've got to ask ourselves, what's, what's second, right? Because it doesn't end with just, just don't judge. Just don't judge. Just leave people alone. Let them mind their own business. No, it says, and then, or we could say second, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus says this, once you deal with yourself, it will change how you approach others, but it's important that you actually go to others. It's important that you actually do what needs to be done to help people see more clearly because the reality is none of us see ourselves very clearly. Like, I hope that you want to have people in your life that can make you aware of your blind spots because all of us in this room, myself included, we're doing things all the time we're completely unaware of. And it can actually be damaging for us in the relationships that we have with others. I'm so thankful to have friends of mine that can come to me and call me out on stuff that I'm just like totally unaware of, that I just like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was a thing. You know, big or small. But I have friends that will just say, Thomas, listen, like sometimes like in heated conversations or when there's conflict, your body language sucks. Like it's really bad, you know? And like sometimes you just, and I'm thinking like, what? Like I'm just really focused, you know? And they're like, no, you look really upset. <laughs> like it's kind of like really intense. And it's just stuff that I'm like, I had no idea. You know, and I have to like choose to not be defensive and be like, okay, like this is something. There are things that like, we just need people in our life to have the courage to go to us to say, hey, something's off here. And I tell you this now because I love you and I care about you. I care about where you're going. I care about your growth. I, um, I used to watch the show uh, American Idol like way back, you know. It was like when they had like Simon Cowell and, uh, you know, it was like when the auditions were so bad, like, you know, the first three weeks of the show was just like really horrible auditions, you know, people get up there and they were, they were so mean back then, you know, um, like the judges. And so you'd have like somebody who'd get up there and they'd sing their song and it was just really awful, you know, and the judges would be like, this, this really isn't for you. And they'd be like, wait, but I have another song, you know, and they just be like, you know, they try again, like, no, 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 like this, you, you have to leave. And, like, it gets so bad that, like, eventually security has to, like, escort them off, right? You know? And I would sit there and watch that and be like, man, like, who, who are this person's friends? Like, no one told them, like, hey, man, you know, uh, you're not good. <laughs> like, probably shouldn't do this. Like, I don't know if this is the road for you, right? No, instead it's, it's, always, the, it's always mom on the other side of the door when they come out, you know, and she's just like, honey, they don't know you like I do. You're amazing, you know? And then, like, they turn, like, you're going to see me on Broadway next. And you're like, no, we're not. You're like, you are so bad. It just, and it's just, like, I always sat there, I'm thinking, like, man, like, you know, it's like you have people in their lives that are probably just helping them in that delusion. Like, no one said anything, or maybe they did, and the person just didn't hear it. But I'm just going to suggest that, like, this can happen in our lives that we're just kind of living out sometimes an American Idol tryout and we don't have people that have the courage to tell us like, hey, something is off here, you know, and I'm coming to you because I, I care about you. Like I've, I've, I've humbled myself, I've examined myself, but now I come to you because I can see that this is affecting other people. And I don't know if you see that. But I say this because I care. We can't get defensive 
we can't get defensive in those moments. Just simply just respond and just be humble and saying, you know what, this is hard for me, but I'm listening. And watch what God does with that in that relationship. Um, And I just say this because I know that this teaching can be really helpful, and yet I'm aware that it's incredibly difficult to apply. Like, it just, it's, it's tough because there's some people, it's just like you've had some pretty bad experiences in these conversations. And here's, here's where I want to end. I mean, this, this teaching really pokes at really just three different groups of people. And so just think about the person that I mentioned earlier, the person that just, you know, like earlier in this message, you're thinking of like, who is someone that just currently just gets under your skin, you know? And just want you to think about them for a second. And just like, really just like, just know that there's really only three groups that Jesus is kind of poking at here, and you might fit into one of these three groups, maybe all of them depending on different scenarios. But Jesus is addressing this and calling us to some difficult work. I mean, it's hard work, but I believe it's the kind of work that changes us and changes the world around us. So first group of people is uh, that you just simply size people up and you just, uh, you just write them off. You know, like there's people that you see in, in your life that are just frustrating and you just you just write them off you're like man that person is just so weird they're, they're so difficult to be right i don't have time for that like i don't want to be associated with that person they are so bizarre you know and you just kind of just like you just push them to the side and you find other people that just like kind of like you know associate with and those people it's just like yeah no they're just always a pain in my neck and they're always getting in the way and you write them off and you look down on them and Jesus is addressing that, and this, this is a self-righteousness, and he's saying, repent. It's just one word for self-righteous people. It's repent. Change your mind. Change your way of thinking. I bring this up because, honestly, we should be the least self-righteous people alive in the church. Honestly, it's a mess for anyone to be in church to find themselves to be self-righteous because here's the gospel. No one, and I mean no one, No one earns life with God. Like Jesus made a way for us. God made a way for us. In Jesus, we receive life by his spirit, by grace, not by standing tall, but by laying flat at the foot of the cross, saying, I throw myself in your mercy, God. And it's only by what you have done that I am set free and that I am forgiven. And for those of us to lay flat at the foot of the cross, to then stand up, and try to look down on others and judge them. It's like we've forgotten the grace that has set us free. And we are called, we should be the gracious, the most gracious people alive because of what he has done. And any evaluation that we extend to others should be level because we say it's only by grace that I am who I am. And it's by his grace that I say this to you now and I come to you now because I love you. So that's the first group. Maybe that's not you. But the second group is that you just, you size people up and you just kind of avoid, you walk away. They're not people that you write off, but they're people in your life that are struggling, but yet you, you refuse to confront. Jesus is saying in Matthew 7, his word for these people is confront, but for you, it's like, you're like, it's, that's terrifying. Like, I'd rather not, I'm not going to get involved in people's business, but yet you see that they're struggling. You see that there's brokenness. You see the damage. And, and for some, you're just like, oof, like, I'm glad I'm not that way. God, what can I learn from that, you know? And it's kind of like, it's another weird form of selfishness, like using someone's pain for your benefit. And Jesus is like, no, 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 confront. And I know for some, like, that's terrifying for you, confrontation. Like, you would rather die 
you know? Like, because some, like, it's, you've had some, maybe some poor experiences with it. For others, it just stirs up anxiety as a fear of, like, I don't know how that person's going to respond or how they're going to react. Maybe they're going to reject me. I get it. Like, I've, so I've been doing ministry for just a little over a decade now. And let me just tell you, like, 80% of the time where I've had to go to somebody and confront them on something, because I take it very seriously, you know, and I've had to say things like, hey, listen, like, you know, you said you were going to do this, but you, you didn't show up, you know, or hey, you, you told me that you want a great marriage, and yet you, you never take your wife out on a date, or hey, you said you want some new friends, but you never, tend, you never show up in environments where people are, or you, you want to get a better grip on your finances, and you're always just kind of impulsively just bringing up the credit card, and honestly, 80% of the time when I do this, like, people just look at me like, who do you think you are, you know? And it's like, in those moments, I'm going to be I'm someone who loves you. Like, I care. Like, I don't come to you to say these things to, to just beat you up, to make you feel small. Like, I, I, I care about you. I want to see you hold up these consistencies in your life. And I've gone, you know, I have to, like, work through my own stuff in those moments and, because I, I, I would hope that people would come to me in those moments because they care. And I hope that you can be someone who's called to do that because we need people like that in our life. But Jesus is also saying it's important that we are someone like that for others. And we go to them because we care. And so that's second group, third group, last group. Um, simply this, people who have been confronted, you've been confronted and yet you refuse to listen. Just find yourself getting really defensive at every turn. When someone comes to you, you know, just like things flare up and you're like, no, no, no. Like they just, you know, like we justify being defensive because sometimes we think like, well, the person didn't do it right. <laughs> they didn't say the right things. They didn't confront me the right way. And I get it. Like when it comes to confronting others, like word choice and, and tact and, you know, just tone or the motive behind it is all very important. I'm not dismissing that. But let me just tell you, like people are never going to get it 100% right. Like they're just not. And, like, we can't find ourselves just getting defensive and just listening for the ways that we can be defensive because mature followers of Jesus don't just listen for how they can be defensive. They listen for what might actually be true, even when it's really hard. I remember, you know, there was a gentleman a few years ago that just kind of approached me, had some things to say, and just, like, really just, you know, critiquing some of my character, the way I do things, and you know, and I would say that, like, his approach was pretty terrible. Like, it was, I, I didn't really even know this guy. had, like, barely any relationship with him and just came at me with a number of things. And I was like, wow. And then, honestly, I walked away from it being like, that was really crappy. Like, I just remember feeling, like, really hurt. And I called up a friend of mine. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this, like, what this guy had to say. And I'm kind of, like, listening it off. And my friend just pauses for a moment. And he's like, oh, that is really hard. And he definitely didn't handle it well. Um, but was there anything in there that he said that might have been true? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm like, probably. You know? And it's like in those moments, just realizing like sometimes you got to push through some of the hard stuff, some of the messy stuff to find the diamond. Like what exactly is it that the Lord is leading you to? Because there is so much more that God has for us, and we can't be afraid or just allowing people to approach us. Like, some of you have people in your life, they've tried to come to you and you've just gotten defensive so many times that they eventually just give up. They just stop because it's like you, you, you flip it back on them. You're like, oh, you have something to say to me? I have something to say to you. It's like, just stop. Like some of you right now, like you're thinking of people. You're like, man, I, 
I got to go to this person, you know? Maybe it's with a spouse. You just got to go to them and say, listen, you tried to tell me something there, and I just didn't hear it. I wasn't listening. Can we try this again? You know, I, I, I reacted. I, I, I tried making it about you rather than just receiving what you had for me. But I want to listen. I want to grow. So I love you. I like to go to those people. And maybe it's with a parent. Maybe it's a, a child. But these are the conversations. I know it can be tricky, but I really believe that this is the kind of stuff that just changes the world around us. When we can choose to go and examine ourselves, to humble ourselves, to allow God to do a deep work within us, but then we have the courage to go to others, to point them to Jesus. Because honestly, sometimes, again, people are so unaware that they're off track and they need somebody to remind them again of like who they are. So for the sake of time, I'm just going to close with this. Um, Some of you right now, like you're thinking of people, like there's some people that you may need to go to to have some conversations. Like there's some people you may need to go and confront and then for others, it's maybe someone you just need to go and say, hey, like, let's, let's, let's do this again, right? Like, I, I, need, I need to hear from you. And I just, uh, you know, I just uh, want, want you to just know, like, just to be at peace, like, knowing that God can give grace for this. Even for those that have tried this and it hasn't gone well, I just kind of got the sense this morning for some of you, it's like you, you've kind of tried this before and you feel like it's just not worth it anymore. Like, you know, you've, you've, you've gone at it, but you just kind of feel like you're not really getting anywhere. But I feel like God hasn't given up on that relationship. I really do. And I just, want, I just feel like the Lord is just giving us courage again to have some of those hard conversations as we move forward. Because he wants to liberate us from the stuff that is getting in the way. And so for some of you, like how many of you would say like you fit into like one of these three groups? It's like five, six brave people in the room. Um, like how many of you would say like you're in all three, you know? Um, here's the thing. If you're in one of those groups, like we have homework now, you know? Like this is something that we actually have to apply. Like did you know like the teachings of Jesus, it's not just something for us to consider. You're like, oh, that's interesting. No, like it only takes hold if we actually apply it, if we actually live it out. So for some of us, we need to repent in a few ways Some of us need to confront in a few ways, and some of us just need to receive in a few ways. And I just believe a church that can just truly master the art of that would just be like a bright, shining star to a watching world of people that just truly learn to love Jesus and learn to love one another. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand? God, we just know your presence is here among us right now. And Holy Spirit, we just ask for you to continue to move in our midst, Lord. We know that, Holy Spirit, you have desire for us to just grow, not only in our walk with you, but in our relationship with others, Father. We just ask for your your strength right now to come. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts right now, God. Come and do a deep work within us again. I got this sense earlier this morning that there's, there's some people that may just be carrying a, just this weight, you know, like with, with, with difficult people. It's not that they're just like frustrating, but it really does like, it, it weighs you down. The relationship is really weighing on you. It's just a burden right now. It's causing a lot of anxiety. Just feel like the Lord wants to just bring peace to that, to lift that burden in the name of Jesus give you wisdom on how to navigate what's next, next steps 
Holy Spirit, would you just come and just take the weight? Relieve all anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. I also just get the sense that um, for some that you just feel like maybe there's a, a level of guilt that you've just been carrying where you, you just know that you haven't handled these conversations very well. And there's just kind of this weight. And I just want to say, like, this guilt's not from the Lord. Like, it's not meant to leverage any guilt on you or anything like that, you know. But there is there is this conviction, you know, of just this this weight of, like, man, I, I didn't do this very well. And I need to go back and, and fix this. And, you know, maybe you're in a place where you don't, maybe you can't, like, reach out to this person. It kind of feels like that door is closed. But I just get, if, if that's you, like, and you just need to kind of get this, off your chest, like where you've just kind of been carrying this, you feel some shame in how you handled it. So just not only release that to the Lord, but talk to someone about it. Because his word says that, you know, we confess our sins to him, we are forgiven. But when we confess our sins to one another, we are healed. And I feel like the Lord just wants to do some healing today in that, just some emotional healing right now to bring some restoration there. So let it come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we give you our brokenness. We lay it out before you, Lord. We give you our fears, our struggles. We know we are not defined by them. We know we do not need to be held back by them. They don't have to be a barrier. We give it to you right now, Lord. We know you have so much more for us. Your desire is to transform us from the inside out. And it's not by our ability or our strength, but it's your grace that you offer us so freely. And we receive it right now. Come, Holy Spirit. May the light of your life just shine on us. May we see ourselves through your eyes, God. Even though these things can be messy, Father, I pray that you would just highlight to us who we truly are in you, that we are a people that are set free, that we are a people full of joy in life and in love that knows no limit. That's what you call us to, Lord. That's what we want to step into. So set us free right now to be the people you've truly called us to be that this church would be a pure reflection of your face, Jesus, that you would be the one that's on display. When people set foot here, they would experience you and your goodness. They would see you, Jesus, in us. We give you the glory right now, Lord. We surrender all things to you. Would you bless the conversations that we need to have? Be present among us. Protect us as we navigate this in these next steps. We know that your grace is with us. We operate out of that place right now. We thank you, Lord, and we commit all of this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you need prayer for anything, we do have some ministry folks. Oh, yeah, ushers, if you want to collect the, uh, the connection cards. Yeah, I forgot that, that part of the script. I haven't done this. <laughs> all right. So they're going to...
make their way to collect your connection cards. You can drop them in the box before you leave. But if you need prayer for anything, please come on up. We do have some people that be willing to pray for anything you got going on. If there's anything you need healing from, sickness, whatever it is, we would love to encourage you and pray for you. So other than that, have a great week. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.